there are certain industries that are maybe more interesting, uh, hospitality, real estate, professional services, so uh, insurance. There's a couple of industries that are that are just more transactional heavy and thereby they have more people deployed at the problem. They have more transactions and they're probably more willing to try to drive efficiencies there. But outside of that, it's really a, an industry agnostic problem that we're trying to solve. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey, leaders, welcome back. I'm Noah Tetzner, and I'm joined today by the CEO and co-founder at Vic AI, an AI pioneer transforming accounting and finance. Already surpassing human-level accuracy for many tasks, VicAI helps accountants, CFOs, controllers, and accounts payable teams become more efficient and reduce errors on routine tasks. I'm excited today to dive into a little bit more on this company, but first let me introduce our guest, Alexander Hagerup. Alex, welcome to Leaders of B2B. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Excited for today. I'm excited as well, Alex. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. You know, I introduced Vic AI very briefly moments ago, but I'd love to hear it from the co-founder himself, as it were. Would you just introduce the company to listeners of the podcast? What is Vic AI all about? Yeah, absolutely. can talk about that all day long, but I'll, I'll keep it short and high level to begin with. So when we started VicAI, there was one thing that we set out to do, and it was to create autonomous algorithms that were able to do accounting transactions and in, in many ways augment and take over human transaction classification. And it was something that didn't exist. And it was unknown for us, I would say, in 2014, whether we would be able to and how fast or how long that journey would be. But it's exciting progress over the last few years. And we're now in a position where we where we have an accounting platform that is powered by AI algorithms that are working autonomously. Okay, so that is fascinating. That is excellent. Like fintech accounting, you know, we've, we've had other leaders in this space on the show before, but what is it about, you know, Vic AI that that's so unique? I mean, AI pioneer transforming accounting and, and finance. I mean, let's dive into that a little bit more. I guess probably a, a good way of setting this up is, you know, tell us the story of, of that light bulb moment when you started the company and what need did you recognize in the market? Yeah, absolutely. We had a, a pretty good advantage, me and my co-founder, because we worked at a cloud ERP platform that had 30, 40,000 clients at that time. They're about three times as large now. But we had this aha moment. I mean, it was right there in, in, our, in our faces in a way, but we had this aha moment that the entire world runs on rules or templates and humans. 
So that's the global state of how accounting was performed. And we saw the opportunity with AI, which is a technology that's pretty good at non-deterministic decision-making, to step in and do more than what the technologies that existed were doing. So the aha moment was really that all of the software that was in use was designed in a way for a human to use it rather than the software to do the work of the human. And once we realized that, we thought that we can probably build algorithms that's able to do predictions and classifications and make accounting decisions better and more predictably than than humans. So that was the aha moment. And, and we realized that this is this is uh, this applies globally. And, and it's a very it's kind of this market that's just so large that you almost don't even have to put a number on it. So uh, it, it excited us quite a lot. And, and we saw the, the, the need to create a technology platform that could elevate the, the, the human processors out of accounting classifications and transaction classification. And then there is a larger plan here as well, using and leveraging the data for intelligence. But uh, we can talk more about that in, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's certainly circle back to that. You know, Alex, I I mentioned who this is for, who VicAI is for, you know, CFOs, controllers, accountants, etc. But, you know, if there are leaders tuning in today who think this may be a tool for the finance professionals in their organizations, tell us a little bit more about that and how it makes the lives of, of finance people I mean, easier and more automated. Yeah. So if you have a mid-market or upper mid-market or enterprise finance team, or you run an accounting firm or an outsourced accounting firm or a BPO, then our technology uh, applies to you definitely. And you may have, your, your team may have a way of automating or manually perform, you know, the monthly accounting cycle today, obviously, or your business wouldn't, wouldn't actually work. So you would, you would then be able to apply VKI to, to your, your finance team. And we specifically work in the, in the space of invoice processing or accounts payable processing. And for some companies at a certain size, that's a, that's a large part of the transaction volume that the finance team is is doing so obviously the the quick ways that we're assisting is reducing significantly the time that your employees are spending on 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 work associated with accounts payable or invoice processing uh, as well as securing things like uh, we have fraud prevention we have duplicate detection there are things things there that uh, reduces the errors that humans are making and there's actually a study that says that about 40 or 45 percent of controllers and VP of finance and CFOs worry about the quality of the data that goes into their financial statements by having technology that is better than humans and unable to fat finger numbers. Uh, you, you also have, you know, we have fa- faster turnaround time and you have more accurate data in your financial statements. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's absolutely incredible. No, I, I love learning about this. So, you know, Vic AI is, is not the first company you've been a part of Alex. I mean, you recognized a need for this technology 
in the financial space. But, you know, take us on a journey back in time, if you would, and, you know, chronicling parts or maybe some of the highlights of your entrepreneurial journey, because, you know, I just kind of want to uncover more about, I guess, the person behind the company. After all, Vic AI was not your first venture. Yeah, for sure. I started pretty early when I was 15 years old. I've always wanted to start companies. So uh, I, I, I started, I was actually even coding back then, which I definitely, uh, I'm not able to at any level today. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, I built like an early CMS tool. And then, then I started a, a, a small IT consultancy firm that eventually grew a little larger and we sold it. So I, I started pretty early. These were small, very small ventures, uh, but it was, uh, it was fun. I also studied finance and accounting, and uh, my mom had her own accounting firm, which I sort of grew up in. And, and I bet that's uh, piqued my interest uh, between technology and accounting or finance specifically. So uh, I took a, a pause from the accounting and finance space, and I started a cloud backup business. It was back in Norway, even before we had broadband internet, which was uh, interesting. So we had sort of a dial-up line and, and we tried to back your data up over that dial-up line, uh, which, which didn't work that well, but the, the broadband disruption came fast. And, and in a matter of one to two years, all, all companies had, had a broad, broadband connection. And then suddenly you could perform cloud backup. And, and we built one of Europe's largest cloud backup companies from 2005 to 2014, in which the Nasdaq listed company came and acquired us. So it was a fun journey with a lot of mistakes, but uh, but uh, it was it was a good educational journey, and and it led me to live both in Stockholm and Munich and London, as well as Oslo. So it was it was good to do business in multiple countries in Europe. Uh, it, it taught me a lot. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So you know, it, it is your work. At Vic AI, you know, focused on a certain geographical region of the world, or I mean, is it truly like a global enterprise in terms of the clients that you tend to serve? Yeah, it will become global just by the nature of the problem, is really almost the same all over the world. We are focused on Europe and the US right now. And, and that alone is a decent undertaking for a company at our size. So there are different nuances in each of the countries and there are different systems that we interact with. So it's, it's definitely a challenge just operating in multiple continents at our size. But, um, but obviously it allows us to grow more and, and eventually when we get proper pace in all markets, then or in those two markets, I should say, we can start broadening to others as well. We already have some early conversations in, in markets uh, far outside the US and, and Europe. But yeah, you, you have to stay focused as well until you know what you're doing and then you can expand from there. Yeah. Well, you know, as CEO of Vic AI, you know, what are kind of the the issues and problems and challenges, the opportunities that, that your, you know, presented with at Vic AI in this competitive and, and very unique space. I mean, we could go on talking about that forever, but I'd love it if you could just give uh, listeners a little taste of kind of what you're spending a lot of your bandwidth doing these days. Yeah, 
That's a, yeah, that's a broad, that's a very broad question, but it's largely divided with, with in between operations, making sure everything that we are doing, every customers we've signed up, all of the technology that we've committed to develop or improve is going somewhat according to plan. And I, I, I always compare a startup to kind of trying to take off with an airplane while you're building it. And, and it feels very much that way, you know, at the stages that we are. And then the other part is making sure that we invest in the future and new things, because we're basically building things that doesn't exist. And nobody built it before us also. So you have to sort of think about things that doesn't exist. And, and that's always more challenging than taking something that exists and sort of improving it. So just making sure that we're, we're spending enough time on uh, pushing ourselves to continue with you know, pretty significant uh, improvements of, uh, of, of what we can do with our AI technology is, is definitely part of it. So trying to balance that operational execution piece with the forward-lookingness and the vision is, is largely what I spend all my time doing. So... Yeah, hope that hope that gives some some insights. Most definitely, most definitely does, Alex. And you know, you you mentioned building something that that hasn't you know yet been built yet, and that that comes a, it comes with a litany of unique situations, circumstances, and, and challenges. But you know, I guess when you when you're in the process of of spearheading an operation that hasn't necessarily been done before, um, you know, how do you ensure that you are you know I guess, how do you ensure that you are, you know, delivering a, a user experience that is, you know, as be- as good as it can be? And how are you analyzing that data and getting feedback so that you can, you know, ensure that the thing you're building is being built in the right direction? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually an interesting question because we, in to, to a large sense, we have to train organizations and people into thinking differently and that's always again more challenging than than just slightly iterating on some existing processes it's um i i I frequently use the analogy of self-driving cars and you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna be frequent one day i don't know how long it'll take but but there's a barrier there where you you need to tell someone to get in that self-driving car and trust it and and how how does that person react to that right it's it's kind of it's a different user experience altogether it's not about like how's how's the design of the steering wheel and and the buttons on the dash it's it's more it's, it's just a completely different experience how how do you interact with ai that is designed to do something for you in an autonomous fashion and and the idea isn't is that you shouldn't spend any time supervising it either and and it's just a whole set of challenges of how how do you build user interfaces that communicate the information you need to trust the ai how how do you give people some sort of cockpit that they feel comfortable in it's uh, you know the, the the answer in many ways is that you have to do some of the thinking on behalf of the users because they they are we're thinking much more ahead than than they are but then at the same time you have to sort of bite size it and actually interact with 
with the users very frequently when you have ideas and you do changes to the user interface or you do something, you, you have to make sure that it is uh, a sort of uh, and that, that externals outside your own building agree with what you do and that it does make sense. So it's sort of a combination of making sure you think ahead and actually you have to do some teaching, um, but then making sure that you also take user considerations into account in that process. So it's it's not ordinary product development of user interface uh, or, or the experience at a whole. It's, it's a little bit different, but that's also what makes it both challenging and fun. Yeah. Well, and, and what, what is the, what, have you found that people in this space, you know, the accountants, the CFOs, et cetera, are pretty welcoming of, of AI technology, or is that something of a, uh, I don't want to say a bad omen, but I guess, you know, what's the, what's the temperature that you found, um, within this, this ecosystem? I, I want to start by saying it's changed a whole lot in the last five years. So we've been at this since 2016. And uh, we've, we've seen the changes. I think now we're at a place where you can peak any CFOs, any VPO controllers, uh, you know, a, a accounting manager, accounts payable manager, uh, you know, their interest with AI because people are familiar enough with the concept to understand that the technology is going to be important in the future. That I don't know if was the actual case kind of five years ago. It was it was way more science fiction, and uh, and 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 at least for us, my, I mean, our technology was just you know it was in the early stages and didn't really work very well five years ago. But that's the nature of the game. You you start somewhere and then you get better. So I think it's changed a lot. I think generally people are warming up to the idea. the The way that we're looking at it is that the entire world and almost all of the um, kind of accounting workflow, accounting automation systems, accounts payable automation systems is, is all legacy. It's all based on, on workflows and rules and templates and the fact that humans needs to operate it. The default for all of these systems is that a human is there. That's how they're all built. So we, we, there is a big change when you go from that to the next technological shift where the AI is doing most of the work and it's telling you when you need to do something. And, and I think people want to be part of that. At the same time, I think most people don't really have a good understanding of how the technology is actually working. And, and that's one of the parts that we spend some time on is obviously trying to educate our potential customers of of, of how how it actually works so that they can believe it. Uh, our existing customers, they have a lot of statistics and they have, you know, process mining and they have all of the data and they can just see it's working. So so that that's that's a good bit easier. But um yeah, that that's how it is, I think. Yeah, yeah, no definitely and and you know, what have you found, you know, it has been an effective means to, you know, educate potential customers about you know, Vic AI, AI is do you, do you, through content, through, you know, I guess what sort of content, what sort of like resources have you found to be effective? I think we're still learning when it comes to this. I, I don't think we've cracked the code entirely because it is a complex subject and it is hard to simplify it while still um, explaining how things work. So we, one of the things that 
do work is showing people how the platform works, either with our data, sample data, or with their own data. Um, it's seeing is believing often works quite well. So uh, when we get a little further into the processes we have with our customers, we typically do one of those two things as, as just to kind of visualize what's going on and explain various things through, through, through showing what the platform is doing and what the AI algorithms are, are able to predict, how you know, confident they are about predicting things, um, sort of how they reason about, about things. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think we have the, the, the perfect answer yet, but I can tell you that our, our sales and marketing team and, and, and me as well, we're thinking a lot about this. Sort of how can we uh, have that light bulb moment sort of you know open or, or or happen for for the customers that were or the potential prospects or customers that we're interacting with. So if you have any tips or anyone else out here knows knows how to do this, let me know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great, Alex. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, that's you know that's incredible. So you know, looking to the future, what are some of the things? I mean, uh, you know, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on you know. You know, here we are. It's the date of the recording. It's it's March eighth of twenty twenty two. I guess you know when you think about this coming year, twenty twenty two. You know, what are some of the things that are really on your mind? What are some of the primary objectives for for Vic AI over the next years? I mean, you know, the, again, a broad question, but if you had to pinpoint it down to a few things, what are the key priorities? The number one is to continue be a driving force for autonomy within within accounting and finance and and by then again actually having technology do things for you instead of expecting you to do things with the software tools so you're sort of flipping that on its head and we're making great progress on this and and we have a lot of promises we made to our customers as well about the level of autonomy they should expect over time so we're working very hard on on that uh, basically increasing the level of autonomy what are the various situations where our system can do things without the the human intervention or the human overview or the human review so that's really top of mind and then we're obviously expanding the technology into some adjacent areas um, so that we can do more and more for the customers but i would say still like the, the the main component is is just continue to drive the autonomy piece this is still new very few if if you know a, any softwares in in accounting and a, accounting transaction processing even have any level of autonomy so there's there's probably maybe just a handful if if even that that can actually do things autonomously out there and and we're one of them so just continue driving that is important for us and then we we have a you know we have have a lot of things we're working on for the next part of the business, which is, is around intelligence with with the data that we're processing. So uh, that's kind of second. Yeah, no, most definitely. And and you know, with regard to to Vic AI, you know, are are there certain industries that that you tend to you know, that you're looking to, you know, embed yourself in even further over this next year's. I mean, you t tell us about the industries that you serve best. I mean, we mentioned accountants, CFOs, controllers, et cetera, but is that linked to a particular industry or are you kind of industry have to be nailed down so much? Yeah. The, the, the problem that we're solving is I would say industry agnostic in, in the way that every company in the world has to do accounting 
all of them will have accounting transactions and they have to be booked in your ledger. And, and then from there, you can start to think about, so what are the industries that may be transaction heavy uh, or, 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 you know, where can you build some extra knowledge? So it, it, the problem is, is industry agnostic. We do have customers, I think, in almost any type of like industry vertical. Industry is a little broad, but even like more granular than that. And, and from there, we still see that there are certain industries that are maybe more interesting, uh, hospitality, real estate, professional services, so uh, insurance. There's a couple of industries that are that are just more transactional heavy and thereby they have more people deployed at the problem, they have more transactions, and they're probably more willing to try to drive efficiencies there. But, uh, but, but outside of that, it's really a, an industry agnostic problem that we're trying to solve. Got it. No, well, a- Alex, it's been fascinating learning about VicAI you know, I've, I've loved this time with you on the podcast and, you know, we have a a whole audience of C-suite level executives and leaders from across various B2B industries tuning in. So, you know, as a co-founder and CEO, um, you know, as it relates to the problem that you solve, any final thoughts that you'd leave our listeners with today? Of course, I encourage listeners to, you know, visit Vic.ai and we'll include links to your uh, LinkedIn and, and other profiles in the description of this episode appreciate that yeah i think it's it's the act, actual ai application in production today uh there there aren't that many that you can sign up to and 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 drive roi from more or less immediately or within a quarter and i think it's exciting being one of those and i think generally there will be a lot of a uh, lot of AI technologies like ours that will actually drive significant ROI that you can you know, sign up to and use without hiring an army of engineers. So I think it's an exciting era, the next five to 15 years for, for AI development in general. Yes, most definitely. Well, I'm excited as well. And again, Alex, thanks so much for coming on to Leaders of B2B. We'll have to have you back on the show soon as the industry continues to you know, emerge and expand. It's fascinating. I've loved our time together. Thank you so much, Noah. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.